You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode for you where we're going to talk about anime, or animation for those of you out there who got into it really early on. Um, But uh, before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. And first up, uh, you haven't heard him here for a while. He loves Voltron. He loves the Immortal Iron Fist, the comic version, not so much the Netflix one. And that is my buddy Eric. How are you doing, Eric? Uh, I'm doing well. Very well. And yourself? I'm doing all right. Good to hear. So, so what's, uh, what's been going on for you, Eric? Oh, not much. Uh, still trying to come down from that, uh, from that last Star Wars episode we did. Mm, yes. Yes, that's right, because Juliet was on that one, too. So, yeah, we, it is kind of a, a semi-reunion. A little bit. Yay! Yeah, but, uh, and I my, my memory is obviously very poor, because that one wasn't that long ago. <laughs> two, three weeks, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, anything uh, anything new and exciting uh, since uh, you were on? Uh, No, not really. Just living the dream. Okay. Yeah, keep on keeping on. Yeah. So, um, any any video games that you're playing? Uh, I you know I just finished a uh, a run of the new Fire Emblem game. Uh, oh, okay. I was digging that, but it was taking a little bit longer than I wanted. And now I'm sitting back with the newest Dragon Quest and enjoying that. Oh, awesome! What are they up to now in Dragon Quest? Uh, eleven. Oh, okay. Very cool. I have never played past three, so <laughs> you're missing out. It's a good series. Oh no, I I agree. I'm I'm a big fan of those early you know game, uh, RPGs. So um, the the problem is like in the SNES era when I was heavily into RPGs, that's when like America wasn't bringing over the Dragon Quest stuff, I, and it wasn't until they started bringing them over again. So I I, I was playing the Dragon Quest stuff in the NES era. And, uh, and yeah, then, then kind of fell by the wayside, but yeah, no, that's cool. And, and on topic for podcast, I actually have a Fire Emblem anime. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which one? Um, I don't know. It's just called Fire Emblem. It's the, I mean, they don't say uh, like a subtitle or anything for it. So, um, ADV brought it over in the early 2000s. Slackers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to have you on, Eric. Good to be back. All right, next up, she is a cosplayer. She knows good music. She hears it, and she has an amazing Phoenix costume that she's wearing on her Skype image, and that is my buddy Juliet. How are you doing, Juliet? I'm actually doing pretty okay. Uh, 
Glad to be back on to talk about anime tonight. Yeah. So uh, what's been going on for you since the last time you were on the show? You mean like the, since the last two weeks when we recorded the <laughs> Star Wars? <Right. laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, I binged and completed both seasons of the new Lost in Space as well as the Witcher series. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just did an, an episode on Lost in Space. I saw it. I was a little sad that I didn't get into it until after all that, but... <laughs> yeah, so did you ever watch the old show? I watched a couple of episodes, but it never mm-hmm. hooked me back then. Mm-hmm. So I was unsure about the new the new series, and it took me a little bit. There are certain characters that I definitely like more than others, but some folks have grown on me, some folks I hate. Mm-hmm. You know, with the way you go. Yeah. No, see, that's a show that I watched when I was really little. And so as a kid, it was fine for a kid, you know, show. It's certainly not something that I think is, uh, is you know, like high, you know, concept sci-fi or anything. Like, you know, I can go back and watch the original Star Trek and say, like, hey, this is a really good show. Go back and watch Lost in Space and it's kind of like, yeah. yeah. But I think, the, I think the new series is really good at taking that concept, you know, from the 60s modernizing it but also leaving it as a very family friendly you know show that you know you could show to kids of all ages you know kind of thing so i I, i've really appreciated it definitely and i was actually looking up some bits about it after we were done watching the the two seasons and i was excited to realize that they had uh brought in some folks from the original series to have cameos yeah yeah so like yeah um the the kid the the guy who played Will Robinson in the original he's the one that Doctor Smith right uh, or you know she knocks out and <laughs> takes his identity so he's the actual Doctor Smith even though he never you know gets to say mom and Penny plays her her character's mom the the one that becomes Doctor Smith June Harris mm. the original Penny plays her mom oh okay very cool yeah it was kind of cool to realize that. I was like oh that's a neat little connection right there. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, that, so yeah, I didn't, I did not realize that um, that that the original was on the show as well. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. No, that's that's cool. Like I say, if I had known, we could have had you on the podcast. We could have delayed it a week or something. So. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Julia. Glad to be here. All right, and finally, she is my better half. She is a cosplayer extraordinaire. She is a mom wife, and that is Beth. How are you doing, Beth? Good. How are you guys? I'm good. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you just stare at me like, uh. Well, you're asking a question to everybody, so I'm yeah. like, should I go? Should they go? I what are we do. doing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've literally aged three days since our last recording. Yes, so I really it's, don't it's know true. what to update about life, universe, and everything. <laughs> <Right>. So, <laughs> yeah. the status quo has maintained. Okay. Well, I guess that's <laughs> good <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Beth. Yes. Especially since you don't do these very often. So Ooh. it's kind of nice for you to be on, you know, a couple of times, you know, quickly. It's because you're getting some good topics for me to participate <laughs> in. I see. Ones where I can feel like I'm actually talking. It's the, it's the <laughs> topic's fault. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. moving right along. Now we come to our five-minute controversy for the week, and this time I decided to make it a little fun, you know, less about, like, current event news kind of things, and just the fact that, you know, because of our topic for today about anime, 
The eternal question. Subs versus dubs. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so, Juliet, why don't you start? Uh, which do you prefer and why? Subtitled all the way. And I'm going to say this as somebody who has bad eyesight and has to wear glasses and gets migraines from staring at a screen too long. But there's a, <laughs> there are very good reasons for this. And one of them is involving one, one of my favorite animes. Um, and I won't name it yet, but a lot of animes, the Japanese seiyuu, they also sing character songs that are like on the soundtracks and as part of the show. And if you're listening yes. to it dubbed, you miss that entirely. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, I remember watching uh, Slayers and it gets really weird at a point when they have to sing and suddenly they're all singing in Japanese and sound like completely different people. So yeah, I, I totally get what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, just all, I I, I I've only ever found one anime that I thought had one character that sort of did the dub voice okay, but most of the time it just sounds weird. I can't, mm. it, ugh, it actually physically makes me cringe. Okay. <laughs> you don't feel strongly about this at all? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> all right, Beth. I definitely prefer subtitles um, for many of the reasons that Julia has already stated. Um, but I will say that there are certain dubs out there that do a really good job, um, either because of you know ad libs that they include to add a little bit more comedy to the show, or just because the voice acting just happens to be really good. Um, Slayers is an example of a really good dub. Um, Fushigi Yugi is a really good dub. Um, the new dub for Sim is actually a really good dub, and yeah. I was like really adamant about watching subtitled Sailor Moon because the original dub was horrific. <laughs> And we've been we've been showing the the new dub to our kids, and it's fantastic. They got so many ad libs, and, and they they carry over from season one onward. And it's just it's 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 so good. Yeah, you're talking about the dub made by Viz Media for those yes. who not, not don't know what you're talking clearly, about. Yes, none of that garbage. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, by and large, subtitles because of just maintaining the integrity of what you're watching, and I just it's just better that way. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Beth. You broke you, you broke my heart. Because <laughs> of Fushigi Yugi? Yes! <laughs> Take Toski to task. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it all in and thinking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Eric, what do you think about this? Subs. Okay. Nothing more to add? There's just no other option. Okay. Nope. Fair enough. Yeah. So, you know, I make a lot of jokes about this, about being like, you know, I share memes where like, you know, people are like, hey, it doesn't matter if you, you know, listen to subs or dubs as long as you enjoy the anime. And it's like two hands shaking. And then below that, it's a picture of the person that's the sub side, like watching their hands. <laughs> so, you know, I make a lot of jokes about it, but, you know, I, I think that the dub qualities definitely vary, very greatly depending on the company doing it um i remember uh, now this is back in the day a lot of these companies don't even exist anymore but you know back in the, the heyday of anime coming over to america you know uh, adv was particularly bad like it seemed like they would get voice actors and basically just be like all right you get one take just read the lines and that's all they would do is just read the lines as fully they could now, Pioneer, which then later became Genion, I, I felt like they did a much better job uh, on, on the whole 
of, you know, doing uh, the dubs. Um, Central Park Media did good dubs, and um, Viz, I think, does some good dubs. Funimation's another horrible one. DBZ dubbed is 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 horrendous. <laughs> and and the bad thing about Funimation is that they try to make their dubs hip too. And so they'll like like make their people talk like dude bros and stuff. It's like, oh god, it's so cringy. This was made in like the 90s, you know, like the early 90s. People didn't talk that way yet, but they're trying to use like modern slang. And it's just like, oh, oh. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> Or you'll get some like localization things that are all like, hey, what's your favorite food? Oh, I like donuts. And he's holding up a rice ball. Like, Come on. Pokemon. So, so <laughs> Rachel, my daughter, will like keep going on about the scene in Pokemon where they're talking about how good the jelly filled donuts are, where they're obviously rice balls. And it's like, just because like they think kids can't grasp the idea, and you know, kids in America can't grasp the idea that like somebody might eat a rice ball. So, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing so good as a jelly-filled donut. <laughs> you know, at least, and this is the one thing I'll say, at least Deke, when they did Sailor Moon, they wouldn't just dub it. They also re-edited it. So at least they tried to like color over things they were trying to obscure or whatever. They wouldn't leave the image of a rice ball there and then say jelly-filled donut. If you know, Deke would have drawn a jelly-filled donut over the rice ball, you know, over the animation cell, and at least did that so that like they actually transformed the the thing to look like what they were talking about. But you know, you can say that that kind of thing is you know bad or not. But I feel like if you're going to Americanize it, you might as well go all the way and not do like a half-hearted thing or like in the case of what Juliet was talking about if you're gonna dub the show then you might as well dub the music too instead of leaving the music in Japanese and then like just dubbing the show so I've always felt like if you're gonna Americanize it go all the way they're trying to do this sort of half-half Franken anime so <laughs> May. You know, it's easier and cheaper to not do that. But again, that's one of the things that Deke did, at least, is they, they did new music for Sam because, you know, they didn't want to have everybody, like, switch to Japanese, mm -hmm. you know, A lot suddenly. of fans feel like the, the Deke music was better than the original. In some cases, I think it was. Especially there were like a the few Dark songs. stuff is just, like... Really yeah, there were a few good. songs that Deke did that I think were pretty good and were better than the Japanese song. Um, yeah. But I don't listen yeah. to the Dick music, so I really can't weigh in on that. But, you know, <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of people say that mm. they enjoy the the dub music better than the original Japanese. Mm. But, yeah. All right. Well. Um, a surprising result with the number of people, but I guess not because we're all really into anime and that tends to be like, you know, where you get subs out. But, you know, I know a lot of people who are like dubs, like, why do you have a problem with dubs? So uh, I was expecting at least one person to say something like that. But, uh, all right. Subs it is. The right choice. So good. All right. Well, to be fair, I've never seen Shinesman in the original subtitles. Oh, but see, but see, since Shinesman is like itself a spoof on anime, having it dubbed, I think, just lends another level of cheese. So, like, I think that actually, like, helps Shin I mean, I don't think Shinesman is something where you need to worry about being a purist. Yeah. If you haven't yet seen it, it's two epi episodes. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a two-episode OVA show. All right. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's um, uh, pause for a promo for another fine podcast. I'm Brittany Vitrino. And I'm Martha Bartlett. 
We've been nerds since day one, and we love to talk. And now we're your hosts of But But First, Let's Let's Talk Nerdy. Come listen if you like anything from comics, anime, video games, sci-fi, and even history. Just sit back, relax, even join us with a drink in hand, because we'll have one in ours too, and come talk nerdy with us every Tuesday. We are now a proud member of the ESO Network, and you can download wherever you like to listen. See you next Tuesday. And like we talked about at the top of the show, we are talking about anime today, and my wife is facepalming right now. Uh, Beth, would you care to tell us why you're facepalming right now? Because your attempts at Japanese is so adorable. <laughs> what do you mean my attempts at Japanese are adorable? Like, you're, you're... Konnichiwa, Minasan. I was just like staring at the ceiling like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not an attempt at Japanese. That is Japanese. I, I, so usually when Nathan tries to speak Japanese, it's like the most horrific pronunciation. This is the best he's ever sounded. So oh God, I'm just like yeah, because what I, is going on? When I'm in front of you, I deliberately mispronounce <laughs> to make you to drive you crazy. So you know, I I actually do say some things. Okay, well maybe we can go to Japan after all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't understand Japanese? Hi. I don't. I do not. Beth, Beth actually knows a lot more Japanese than I do. I can say simple phrases that I picked up from watching anime. Like, I can count to ten. I was actually just translating yeah. Eric. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um... But yeah, so we're going to talk about anime today, um, and so I just to start off, how did we all get into anime? I mean, like, so like, I'm going to differentiate this, because technically, theoretically, you could say that I've been to anime since I watched Transformers as a three-year-old, because, you know, Transformers was done by Japanese animation studios, you know, and such, but... I had no concept of anime at that time. That was and mad of you to say. To be fair, what? <laughs> to mention Transformers. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I had no concept of what anime it was, and, you know, frankly, they, they did it for an American audience, so to me, that's not the same thing. So, um, you know, but more of when you got into anime and were aware of what anime is is something that's a separate subgenre of animation. Um, so... Um, let's start with you, Beth. I'm looking at the reason I'm into anime. But you say that. That's not 100% strictly true. Well, you were already watching Sailor Moon. Yeah, but indirectly because of you. You introduced the person who introduced me to Japanese animation. So, yeah, it's 100% you. You just didn't even realize it. Okay. (laughs) But if we go into all the nitty-gritty details, it's going to get really, really weird on this podcast. Okay. All right, Juliet, how did you get into anime? Um, let's see. I remember watching Unico when I was a kid and being terrified by it. But And I knew it was anime. But I don't think I really got into it until I was uh, second year of college and a friend introduced me to Fushigi Yugi. Oh, okay. 
And I watched it, and I was hooked from that point on. I wanted to just watch all the things. Oh, very cool. Um, Eric, how about you? Uh, my, my story is a little bit uh, simple, I guess. But, uh, I walked in on my uncle watching uh, <laughs> uh, Robotech. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, because that piece was starting to sound like it was going to go somewhere different. <laughs> I walked in on my uncle. No, 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 I, I walked into his room and he was watching Robotech and he explained to me what it was, that it was from Jap or like it, it was from Japan, that it was uh, a, a dub. That's another case of, like, heavy re-editing, though, because it's more than just... Like, it's not like the same... Well, that's three different animes in one. Right, yes. And, and like, I guess technically before that, you know, I had Voltron on TV, but I had no idea what, what that was, so... So, yeah, I'm drawing the starting line at uh, at Robotech. Okay. How about, like, uh, beyond that, like, you watching, a, like, a true anime where it wasn't, like, re-edited? Do you do remember what your first one of those was? Uh, the Tenchi OVAs. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, like, my story is a little weird. Like, uh, when I was, I don't know, seven or eight. Did you walk in on your uncle, too? No, I didn't. I never walked in on my uncle doing anything weird, thankfully. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um and so when I was like seven or eight, um, HBO used to do like anime movies, which I don't know how, I don't even remember how they advertised it or what they, I just knew there were animated movies on like Sunday afternoons on HBO. Um, and so the one I can remember, I know I watched more than this, but the one I remember to this day was Nasa the Wind. Oh, nice. And I don't even recall like how edited and changed it was um i'm sure because it was an early anime brought over that it did not all like the japanese version i remember being confused by bits of it and i'm not sure if that's just because the dub was bad or if it was highly edited or i just didn't understand it um but i always like had this imagery in the back of my mind of this girl these giant insects and everything i'm like what was that thing i watched as a kid i had no clue what that was and like i say i had no concept of anime at that point um, but that was probably the first time I'd seen an authentic anime. But fast forward to when I met my friend Sean, um, about 17, I think I was. Uh, he was talking about this, this anime stuff, you know, he was into and, um, you know, these really cool stories and everything. And so since I was into animation, um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give this a try. So he showed me a sh uh, an anime called Orgus 2. And so watched that, and I watched several older animes with him. And then, like, the real intro to anime for me, though, where I started going out and getting it on my own, was I was sick with an ear infection one day, about a year after I had met Sean. And I was just flipping through channels, and... Uh, or back in the day when, like, you had the cable guide thing, where, like, it would, like, just show you the scrolling channels and, like, what was on and what was come on. And... I saw on the Cartoon Network they were going to show um, Sailor Moon. And I was like, what's Sailor Moon? I know that that's an anime, but I know absolutely nothing about it. And so I decided I would like, turn uh, to that. And 
so I started watching that, and I was like, you know, this is weird, because it's, like, this, like, happy, girly show, but then they're, like, people die and stuff, and I'm, like, this, like, this, like, the strangeness of the aesthetic was, like, so interesting to me that I was like, I gotta watch more of this, because I'm not even sure what it is, and, you know, I just kept watching Sailor Moon, and I was like, you know, this is actually pretty good, and from there, I kind of, like, spiraled into a bunch of other things, but, like, that was sort of, like, my way into, like, you know, watching anime on my own, and not just because I was at a friend's house and he showed me something, so... Yeah. Which led to me, and then you, <laughs> he he gave me like recorded tapes of his DVDs, like a dealer. No, no, no. I got fan sub tapes <laughs> for all the ones that weren't in America, and then yeah, I duped yeah, those for you. Duplicated you. them, gave them yeah. to me like a dealer once we met when I was in college. <laughs> right. and it was like, so I can say that Sailor Moon was my gateway drug into anime. Right. So it's like, it's poetic almost. Mm-hmm. So it only exists because of Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Um. So before we start talking about actual shows, the other question I wanted to ask is, why, what different, to you, what differentiates, besides the fact that it's made in Japan, what differentiates anime from American animation? So well, let's start with you, Eric. Like, you mean like physically or? Well, no, like why would you watch and like, what is different about anime to you? Why do you like it as opposed to, you know, anything else you can watch? What is unique about it? Well, uh, I like animation in general, but it's difficult to find any animation in, or at least it was, to find any animation in America that was aimed at an audience over, you know, like the age of 10. You know, you know like you can get like The Simpsons or Family Guy or whatever. But those are like situations only, you know, like you look at anime and it's like, oh, you have this uh, this rogue wanderer who's who's walking around and punching people and they're exploding as opposed to like the snorks. (laughs) Oh, I love that you use the snorks as your comparison. Yeah, when you when you put it that way, it's a pretty stark contrast. <laughs> and and you know, like, uh, it, it's interesting, you know, just seeing the type of situations that can come out of a, a another culture's search for entertainment. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like, uh, watching a high school anime and seeing how like the problems that the characters get themselves into. It's like, you know, nothing like that ever would have happened in my high school. Right. Ever. And I was kind of like, what are these festival things that that every show has? And <laughs> Yeah, Japanese schools have way more going on where it's like, my God, they put on these huge festivals that's having like a carnival, you know, like in their school. Like, you know, <laughs> that doesn't typically happen, you know, here. If anime is telling us the truth, yeah. And, you know... Uh, I don't know how to put that any better. Like, it, it's just it 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 offers a flavor of food that you can't get here. Pocky. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, you couldn't get pocky here twenty years ago. Again, but anyway, I always associate pocky with anime cons. Now you can find it at Walmart. Yeah. Now you can find it at Walmart. Hot topic even. 
Oh, do they have do they yes. have hockey on Hot Topic? Oh my god! All right, yeah. Um, all right, so Juliet, what do, you, what do you like about anime? What makes it a unique experience for you? Oh, I kind of want to build on what Eric said. I mean, especially at the time that I was really getting into it, you didn't see a whole lot of that for people that were college age or anything. Mm. But it, it addressed a lot of things that you didn't see in heck that you didn't even see in regular like TV series that weren't animated. Um, character death. I mean, they have no qualms about making you love a character and then killing the people who are so like up in arms about that on Game of Thrones. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm used to that. I watch anime. <laughs> but they also, like, they got into some serious stuff. Like, a lot of my favorite animes deal with things like sexual assault and stuff like that. And you just don't see that in American cartoons. Or at least you didn't. Mm -hmm. So I just like the fact that they got into a lot of interesting and deep issues. I love the artwork style, too. I'm, I'm not a fan of many American mm -hmm. style, art style. And most Japanese art I, I adore for some reason. It's just more, much more pleasing to my eye. Okay. Um, Beth? A lot of, I feel like I'm an echo right now. Okay. Um, the art style definitely is, is much better than what I see in America these days. Especially. Like, I I see things like the new Powerpuff Girls show and mm. Steven Universe, and I, my eyes want to just walk out of my sockets and go to, to a different town. Um, and... Um, the storylines are just more, much more compelling. You, mm -hmm. you, it's very hard to find an animated show in America that has a continual storyline. Mm -hmm. um, they do exist, but they are extremely rare. Um, so things like that, it's, it's just a different level of entertainment. Um, an anime is not just like one type of story. There's, there's a whole bunch of different genres. There's like, there's war dramas, there's high school dramas, there's like magical girl series, there's a whole bunch of different types of things that if you have a certain f flavor, there's something out there that you would enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I was going to bring out is the idea that in America, in both television and animation, it's changing a little bit with the streaming services, but until very recently, the idea was you just kept milking something until, you know, people stopped watching it and then it ended. You know, with anime, it's like when they have a series planned out, it's like this series is going to be 26 episodes. That's all it's going to be. So they can tell a beginning, middle, and end of the show. It doesn't drag on. You know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have a lot of the storytelling problems that a show has if you just want it to go on forever. Now, there are other animes that are very long-running that, you know, have filler and, you know, have some, you know, issues. But, but the majority of anime is contained. They know how many episodes they want to tell their story in, and they do it. Um, and so that, you know, makes the, the storytelling, you know, a lot more satisfying as a, as a viewer. Uh, watch it. Um, you know, we also brought up character death. You know, they're not afraid to do that. I mean, that's the thing. Anime doesn't, you know, like, one of the things I hated even as a kid was feeling like I was patronized. And a lot of American animation makes you feel patronized, where it's like, you know, we expect to be, you know, like this coddled little, you know, kid that, like, can't, like, accept the fact that, you know, people might die or, you know, bad stuff is out there in the world. Um, so, you know, even though I was watching that stuff, I've actually, I mean, that's the joke, right? Like, as a kid, I'm watching Star Wars. People die in Star Wars. People get blown up, whatever. But then I'm watching cartoons. It's like, okay, kid, Star Wars is age-appropriate for you. and the, But this cartoon, we can't let you see any of that. <laughs> 
know, it's like, okay, how does that make any sense? MMA is much more of the mindset of, yeah, I mean, like, let, you know, treat the child as if they're able to, you know, handle this stuff. Uh, not for the stuff that's aimed at kids, which not all anime is, but, you know, I, I like that. I like that style more. And I like the Japanese, even beyond the animation, which we've already talked about, I like the Japanese cultural aesthetic. I like a lot of the themes that, you know, go around, you know, honor, you know, um, I, I, I tend to like Japanese societal tropes and, um... You know, and so that kind of thing also is very interesting because even animes that aren't trying to be slice of life of Japan that either take place in a fantasy world or far in the future in the past, a lot of that stuff seeps in, I think, unknowingly on the part of the creators just because they're they're from that culture and so they put it in there. So um, those are all things that I really like of anime. But, uh, but yeah, let's um, start talking about some specific examples and to start us off, why don't we go with you, Beth? Oh, and just as a disclaimer to anyone listening, um, I know we checked Sailor Moon and we might have name-checked Dragon Ball at some point. Uh, we're not going to talk about those because those series are so big. We're not going to talk about Gundam either because those series are so big that they deserve their own episode. So we're going to stick with, you know, uh, other other series for this podcast so if you're like whoa how did they not talk about sailor moon or dragon ball you know that's that's why um but anyway so beth start us off okay so the first one i wanted to, to bring up was um Rodoni kenshin and that's about a a former samurai who basically killed a whole bunch of people for the gun during the major revolution and afterwards swore never to kill again and so you're following this character throughout his life trying to protect everyone around him without killing people hmm. and he you know just his ventures that way and he's he's encountering all these really horrific people and still trying to put them down as it were without killing them okay. and holding on to that vow now Eric I'm pretty sure we've talked about Kenshin before you were familiar with Kenshin oh very it's one of my top three animes of all time Okay. And Juliet, are you familiar with Kenshin? I am familiar with it, but I haven't watched all of it. Oh, so did you start watching it and just didn't care for it, or was it something... Kind of ran ran out of time, other things came up, never got back to it. Oh, okay. Only watched season one and two. Three and four aren't worth it. Good to know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, three is where they deviate from from the manga. Um, They... I think they've realized that the final story arc of the bongo was just like really deep and dark because it delves into his past as the assassin for the for the revolution and all the things that he did there and they probably were like yeah let's maybe not go there so they they did a couple ovas and touched on those things but they didn't dedicate a full season to it so the season that they have replacing that time period as that manga was released they did a filler mm instead so i really i really wish they had made the third season have that storyline because it is a it is a really good storyline so i i recommend i highly recommend reading the manga to get that story because it it there's more details in it than movies give you yeah um kenshin one of the interesting things on that one is that it goes with one of the tropes that you see a lot in uh in, in anime which is the idea of the sort of guy who's so 
who's so pure that they're like klutzy and sort of like you know um you know goofy in their regular life but they're so like dedicated to a certain like style of fighting or whatever that they can like just like instantly like perform like expert like feats you know of that particular thing and so but the interesting thing about Kenshin is that even though they play into that trope they they give the hints that this is just an act that he's playing that he does isn't really that kind of character whereas somebody like Goku say in Dragon Ball is very much an idiot and you can you know there's no getting around that the dub tries to make Goku deeper than he is but no if you watch it subtitled you know Goku is really an idiot that just likes fighting you know so so Beth what do you think about Kenshin uh, and sort of like the, you know, that sort of like mentality of, you know, the goofy guy that's then like super awesome when he's fighting. It's like his his disguise, really, because yeah. I think that's the only way he can cope um, by putting on that that veneer of, you know, being this being someone else mm. um, when inside he's he has this past of being a mass murderer mm-hmm. as it were um they don't really specify how many people he killed but it's easy to assume that it's in the thousands because he was that good hmm. there's also a line of kenshin i should probably say it's just yes. three movies it's not you know a series like the anime and there's of course a manga like uh, you mentioned before and it's surprisingly um, good the live action movies mm. Yeah, I mean, there is good to trying to condense the whole plot into three movies. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I think that's a fairly good adaptation. And the martial arts are, are really well done. Yeah, no, the fighting is very well done. As well as you can try to depict that with people. Yeah, you can't really do super, like, godlike speed and everything. But <laughs> you see the actor doing all the the sword work and everything, and you're you're just like... You're sitting in your chair, like your your jaw is on the floor, like what? Mm. And that's the reaction they wanted you to have, and they totally nailed it. Hey Eric, have you ever seen the uh, Kenshin films? Uh, uh, the live action ones? Yeah. Yeah, I mean they gave Aoshi a gun. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry, they gave not Aoshi a gun. Uh, right. Yeah, they kind of messed him up a little bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, Eric, what do you, you since you're very familiar with Kenshin, you know what what do you like about Kenshin? Uh, well, kind of like Beth said, uh, the fact that he used to be a mass murderer uh, or an assassin, mm-hmm. and he refuses to take life anymore. You know, like that was kind of a unique thing when I first saw it, mm-hmm. and, and I, I was like, okay, okay, cool. You know, like, I can get behind this. I, I don't know how non-lethal that chunk of steel he wields is. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like I feel you hit somebody in the head with that, they're probably going to die, <laughs> whether there's a blade on it or not. My daughter's biggest problem with that, because she watched Kenshin with me, and she's like, if you hit somebody with a sword at that speed, it's still going to kill them. And I'm like, I know, I know. But since it's dull, they treat it as if, oh, yeah, it's just, you know. It, it'll just knock people around, you know. It won't be like kill them or anything. But I'm like, yeah. And you know, you know, like she said, the comic is way better than than the anime, especially once it gets to point where the anime drops off. And I was so excited that the uh, that the artist uh, Watsuke mm-hmm. was started making another series. You know, like there was one running recently until he got in in trouble. 
and now he's in jail and it won't ever be. Uh, but uh, for what it was, yes, I absolutely loved Kenshin. <laughs> Beth's eyes just get, got really wide because she didn't know about this. <laughs> yeah, let's just say they found things cuter that even the Japanese wouldn't, uh, wouldn't okay. accept. Okay! <laughs> <laughs> but like uh another thing that i liked about Jeanette, uh it had a very strong supporting cast yeah yeah you know like you get into the the same tropes that you get into with a lot of animes where it's like okay the next guy you fight is stronger than everybody else that you've ever fought mm. regardless <laughs> of how awesome that guy was <laughs> right. and, but you know like you've got like the supporting cast like uh like like Kaoru. You know, mm -hmm. you know, she does her thing and she's a strong character. You know, she, like she's not you know, tension level, but, you know, she's a strong female character. And, uh, you know, like they don't fan service her like they do in a lot of other animes. Mm -hmm. and, and, and like, I really like that. You know, his his protege, Yahiko, you know, like you can like like you see him grow through his childhood and develop into a wonderful swordsman, too. You know, and it's like. All of the characters were unique. They all resonate with me, and it—it's it, a story that I come back to time and time again, and I love it every time. I know we kind of mentioned him before, but Aoshi is, you know, the greatest character ever developed in anime. So, felt like I should put in a shout for him. And they—he <laughs> gets much more development in the manga in the in the third story. You get to read it too. Time. I have such a hard time reading manga. I don't know why. It just. It just bores me to read manga. Then and... we'll mix it up, and I'll read it to you. Okay. Because <laughs> he reads me to sleep at night. Yes, I do. Because like... <laughs> I tried. You would reading... like what they do. I with tried them. reading Saint Seiya, and it wasn't because I thought there was anything wrong with it or anything. I just, I just, it gets so boring, and I couldn't read it. Is anymore. it the right to left thing? No, that's not it. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's because it's black and white. I don't know because you know I'm used to like full color comics. I don't know, but like something about manga just like makes me go uh, i tried reading the sailor moon manga i couldn't get through it you know so i has cry uh, well <laughs> independent verification how she gets some love in the third story yeah very much yeah i i'm very much a fan of some of the more side characters like how she and masao um even megumi i uh i don't like, well, like her, she though. has she has her own thing <laughs> like she she tells people like what it is because like if they're being stupid she'll tell them that they're right. being no, I, and that's I, really appreciative yeah I mean, even with um i'm not even going to try to pronounce the final move because i will embarrass myself yes yeah i i know i can say it if i really <laughs> concentrate but i don't want to try it right now because i'm tired and you were you were you were talking smack about me and yeah. i just said it see i'm, I'm humble and know my limits <laughs> <laughs> Yes, nailed it. Um, so when she she actually sees Kenshin do that in the third arc, uh -huh. and she is horrified, not because of the effect it has on the other person that's being hit by it, but because she realizes that it has the same effect on Kenshin's body. Yeah, that's actually in the anime. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, or like I forgot it. She's very blunt and says what needs to be said, even when people don't want to hear it. Right. And sh that's like it's almost like an external conscience. Just a very blunt one. Yeah, so you interrupted me without giving my love to Aoshi and Masao. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, you know, I like the idea of Aoshi because of, again, I mean, the idea of, 
you know, the, 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 the honor and the bonds that characters can gain for each other and the idea that, like, his loyalty to his comrades is so high that when he feels like he needs to do something to honor their memory, he's willing to do, like, the most despicable acts to do that. But not, but it kills him inside and makes him, like, almost, like, the just completely empty person. And the level of pain, you know, that's, that's there and the amount of emotional turmoil is one of those things you can only get in anime. You can't get that in American animation. They don't do that. And Masao's just, like, really cute and spunky, and I like her, so, you know... <laughs> She reminds me of my friend Rachel, not to be confused with my daughter Rachel, but <laughs> Yes, we totally ship it. <laughs> oh yeah, Aoshi not well, don't say that after I just mentioned our daughter, but yeah, Aoshi and Masao, oh yes. yeah, totally. Totally ship it. <laughs> uh, age differences are wonderful. Alright, anyway. Looks at ring finger, yes it is. <laughs> Alright, um, so Julia, I'm sorry we've been talking over here about our own thing, um, but why don't you give us an anime to, uh, to talk about? Well, while you guys have been talking, I'm staring at my anime shelf, which is actually ordered in like my favorite order of animes, and I guess I'm going to go with the first one, which you already know is Fushigi Yugi. Okay, I did not know it was your favorite. I knew it was one of your favorites. I didn't know it was your very favorite. It is my very favorite. If people ask me my favorite anime, although I love many of them, and, you know, Trigun and Saris and Helsing, they'll all come up in my real quick. Fushigi Yugi holds a special place in my heart. Okay. Now, I know Beth and I know Fushigi Yugi. Uh, Eric, do you know Fushigi Yugi? Of course. Okay. I'm a, a big fan of the Genbu arc. Okay. Ooh, yeah. The Genbu Kaiden. Yeah, there was no anime for that, so I never saw it. <laughs> of course, because you don't read manga. Beth read the manga. <laughs> I, I got the first six volumes, and then I was unable to continue my collection, so I don't know the story past game six, uh, oh, unfortunately. Okay. It's really well done. But, yeah, Fushigi Yugi, man. I know, it was so good. I also like Inuyasha a lot better when it was called Fushigi Yugi. <laughs> there are definitely some similarities yeah voice actors notwithstanding I, I have this demented idea for a crossover fanfic of um fushigi yugi and gundam wing oh dear <laughs> and it actually makes once i found out that the say you the say you were the same i was like oh god this works even better so anyway isn't that called escaflona <laughs> <laughs> no no, it's um Relina. If you know Gundam Wing, it's uh Relina and Dorothy get the universe of the four gods and get transported into the world instead of um 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 Yui and uh, Miyaka. <laughs> That's the basis of my idea. But anyway. And now it will get written in, by someone else. Well, yeah, well, that's the risk we less, run. One less but, thing for you to worry about. <laughs> 20 fanfics I want to write and never have the time. All right, anyway, Juliet, <laughs> Fushigi Yugi. Uh, why do you like Fushigi Yugi? Tell people a little bit about it. Well, it's it starts off as a, such a girly anime. Like, to the point stand, Miyaka, who is the main character for a good portion of the first season. Um, <laughs> the idea, the, the plot line behind Fushigi Yugi is that there are two uh, schoolgirls that are, you know, getting ready to take their exams and they happen to end up in a room in the library, get to a book called The Universe of the Four Gods, which is completely based on Chinese mythology. Um, and so they get sucked into ancient China inside a book. One of them goes, gets thrown back out of the book and she's reading it 
in modern day Japan. In some ways, oh sorry, I'm just gonna say just as an interjection. In some ways, watching it reminded me of the Never Ending Story. Very much so because you've got somebody reading it and it's time passing normally for them, but on the inside, it's just like all these things are like months pass mm-hmm. on in the in- inside of this book, and. The idea is that the person that stays inside, the person that's inside the book becomes the priestess. And the book cycles through four different priestesses, the universe of the four gods, the four different regions of China. It cycles through with with each girl that gets pulled in. You find out that there have been more than one girl that has been pulled into this book throughout throughout time. And each one becomes a priestess or is supposed to become the priestess of a certain region. And our lead character, Mia, who I seriously despised for so many episodes, um, <laughs> is supposed to become the priestess of Suzaku. And me, I, I kid you not, Miyaka is definitely not likable. She's very annoying. Her voice is so high-pitched that I wasn't even sure I was going to make it through. <laughs> it's the supporting cast that got me to love that show. Like every other supporting character, that's I wouldn't even call them supporting characters because each priestess has seven celestial warriors that are supposed she's supposed to find them and then they will protect her and guide her in the summoning of the god. Mm-hmm. And that's when the prophecy is fulfilled is when she summons the god. There's a whole lot more that goes into that. Definitely most of it is not good. But the show ended up with two seasons. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just going to be like, I can sum up the show much faster. Tamahome, Miyaka, Tamahome, Miyaka. <laughs> <laughs> Miyaka, yeah. I actually send that to friends of mine. I'll be like, send her a voice memo. Goes, Tamahome. But it is. I mean, there's two seasons and there are three OVAs, although really there are only OVAs. The third one should never have existed. <laughs> True. Oh, poor Aikido. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Honestly, though, the Shigeyugi <laughs> is the main reason why I feel like anime should be watched subtitled is because the seiyuu, the Japanese seiyuu that voice all the characters for people who don't know, because there might be people, uh, seiyuu is a Japanese voice actor. The people who, vo- the, the seiyuu that voice the particular characters, they all actually have character singles, multiple characters, mm-hmm. singles, I should say, and they have so many different soundtracks out there. And it's not just on the soundtracks. You hear them during the show, during like important moments for those characters and so on. And it's amazing. And you you can hear the character singing and it's connected. You understand that much. I don't know. I just really like that part of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I may or may not have those soundtracks. Um... Same. <laughs> so, Beth, I think Fushigi Yugi was one of the ones that I showed you fairly early on. Yep. That you... Dumped. Yep. Well, that's all I had. I had VHS tapes that I had copied from somebody. So yeah. I don't even remember who I copied. Oh, I think it might have been from Marguerite. I, I copied VHS. But anyway, that doesn't matter. But yeah, I had VHS. So VHS, you only have is on there. You okay, don't so have now I feel compelled option. to say, damn it, Mark. <laughs> um, it's an inside joke. All right. <laughs> yeah, so then we got the, the, v- the DVDs. And then I did watch it mm. subtitled because... You know, I felt the need to to watch it as it was meant to be watched, and I I I weigh them evenly on the scales of likability, honestly, yeah. because I mean the voice acting for the dub is really good. It wasn't like a lot of flat reading, mm-hmm. and they didn't change a whole bunch of the plot. Right. Yeah, I know Pioneer was pretty good at being authentic and getting dub actors that could actually put inflection into their voices. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Fushigi Yugi yeah. is one of those stories that is so complex and is so involved, and it shows that life is just not as simple as you'd like it to be. It's not straightforward, and it's a struggle. You've got you've got to make things work, even if it's difficult. And yeah, there's a lot of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You're gonna cry. So bring your <laughs> tissue boxes. It's gonna rip your heart out and tap dance on it a yes. lot. <laughs> but the characters, I love it though. The characters face so many, you know, moral, moral and ethical situations. They have to confront themselves many, many times to determine, you know, to like. Just did things. And... As an aside, I did once have a parakeet, and I named him Hotohori. <laughs> because he just wouldn't stop looking at his reflection. It, right. just, it just seemed right. <laughs> Eric, anything to add about uh, Fushigi Yugi? Uh, oh, yes, definitely. You know, to kind of go on the, uh, how I was talking about, you know, anime has situations that will never come up in American animation. Mm -hmm. uh, Fushigi Yugi is an early anime, at least as I reckon it. And uh, it, it was the first anime that I saw that had a uh, transvestite character in it with uh, Noriko, which I really liked that character. But, you know, like uh, his story is just heartbreaking and it, it's really well done. And it, like the first time I saw that, I was like, wow, this is a new thing. And then uh, it was also the first uh, form of fiction that I'd ever seen where uh, rape had actually been brought up. And like, you know, you know, like the whole part of the summoning thing is that the priestess has to be virgin in order for it to do it. And you got these two priestesses that are fighting each other and they're like, oh, you know what? Just, you know, go sleep with her. And then the problem ends. And like, they're just talking about it casually. You know, you know, like you're not like uh, like a horrible thing to do. And, and these two girls are supposed to be friends. And it's just you won't find anything like that in in American animation. Yeah. yeah I mean, the whole. Uh, yeah. The, the, Jushigi Yugi's got a few things going on that, you know, it sometimes gets made fun of because some of the drama gets a little too ratcheted up. Like we already joked about the Miyaka Tamahome thing where they're always making moon eyes at each other and everything. You know, you get the five minute flashbacks. Where it's like sometimes they'll flashback something. It was like, that was just earlier in the episode. You, know, you don't need to flashback to it. I mean, usually it was to something in a previous episode, but like my friend Mark and I used to say like, oh God, it's another five minute flashback because they would literally sometimes flashback back to something they sound it's like you don't need that but um but yeah like overall though i mean like the seriousness of of the show and you know the character interactions and the depth of it and everything like yeah yui and miyaka and all the stuff that goes on between the two of them it's like really compelling drama you know and so it's like you know, I mean, even, and, and I love when animes do this, or Shigeyuji does it a few times, where they actually go, like, cinematic and actually give you, like, wide scene, like, movie aspect ratios. <laughs> like, suddenly the scene, like, just, like, it's a little bit, the, the, the bars on the TV get a little, you know, thinner. Yeah, and it, and you see it, like, it's like a movie screen you're looking at and stuff like that, because you can, you can imagine this as a movie. You know, or a series of movies. And it's really well done like that. Um, also, as an aside, I saw the preview for Mulan and saw Suzaku in the trailer. And I was just like, oh, Suzaku! <laughs> so I thought that was pretty That's cool. Awesome. But, uh, I actually never saw Mulan, the Disney movie, the animated movie. So, like, I don't know if the phoenix is in that no. but yeah so no yeah so but yeah i saw it on the trailer and i was like it's exactly maybe shigi yugi flashback so you know and uh, it wasn't a five minute one right <laughs> all right so all right for shigi yugi 
you will basically tell me everything about your personalities if you give me your favorite character. So, Juliet. Chi-chi-di. Ah, you stole mine. All right, Eric. Chi-chi-ri. <laughs> Beth. Chi-chi-ri. No. No. That's not His possible. His backstory, because... We were talking about how Noriko's backstory was in tragic. All these years, Chichiri's is the worst. All right, all right. In it, all it, these it, years, since when has Chichiri been your your favorite character? I've got a good poker face, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, if honestly, I thought yours was uh, Toski, uh, Juliet. I mean, I love him. He's a very, very, very close second. Okay. But if I have to, like, if I have to choose one, it's gonna be. Although the interactions with Toski and Chichiri are some of the most comic gold oh, that you're I ever going to see anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's Toski's But most women, most women I know that have seen Shigiyugi, Toski is their choice. Oh yeah. That's, that tends to be like the number one, you know, that I hear. My coworker, I introduced her to the series and her favorite is actually Hotohori. Wait, all right. So I was going to say like, yeah, if I have to pick my second because everybody's picked a Jiri, it would be Hotohori. See, I thought you were just going to pick him just as, as your number one. No, Chichiri's always been my favorite. He wears a mask so people don't see how sad he is inside. How can you not love that character? (laughs) He wears a... It's a mask of a smiling face just because he doesn't want people to know about his personal pain. Oh my god. (laughs) So that plays on my two favorite things. One is characters who wear masks and one is characters who are deeply pained inside. So, yeah. He also has an awesome hat. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have one like that in the basement, and yes. I'm trying to solve a problem. I put that on, and I call it my thinking hat. Yes, it's your He'll come in the basement hat. and see me with that on, he's like, oh my gosh, she's got a problem. <laughs> what can I do to help? <laughs> Is it math? I was so confused for the longest time because... The mask that he wears is of his own face. Yes! <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the best part! But yeah, and then he's got that, like, horrific scar when he takes it off. It's like, the whole thing about the miscommunication with his best friend, and he thought that they he had cheated, that he and his, his girlfriend had cheated on each other, and, oh, uh, oh my god. Oh man, that, that episode of OVA, I cry every time. I'm upset when he tells Miyaka the story! <laughs> You know, just like, oh my god, that's horrible. And he's just basically like, I don't want other people to worry about me, so I put on this mask. It's just like, <sighs> yeah. I also find it interestingly interesting that out of all of the Suzaku Seven, he's the oldest. Mm. Like he's the old the Mitsukake. Yeah, and he's one of the two that survive. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. We're going to be talking about these shows, and we might say a lot about them. Yeah. Although I think the smartest character of the Suzaku 7 would be the cat. <laughs> it's Tom. Tama. We're always talking smack about them, and then Tama's there being just like, guys are idiots. <laughs> Without saying a word. Oh, Tama. Yeah. <sighs> um, no, I really love Hoto also. Um, he's another character that I just, I really, I also really like very vain characters (laughs) 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 that think a lot of themselves. And so like, yeah, like his ego is, you know, wonderful and 
It's a delight. <laughs> yes. He's such a nice, like, usually, like, egotistical characters are also kind of jerky to people, but he's so kind, you know? So, yeah, I really like Hodohori also. Um, I gotta say, though, Nakago's story is one of the, also another tragic arc in my mind. Like, what happens to him as a child is just so heartbreaking, and to see what how everything shaped him. Yeah. No, I see that. I, I've never really thought of him as a character that I care deeply about. But no, I can totally. See I forgot him as much as I can. <laughs> if I'm completely honest, you know that he's the, uh, but... the creator's favorite character. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I saw that in their notes of the manga, that's when I stopped reading the letter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, moving swiftly on to the next bit of plot. Yeah. Oh. Man. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, Miyaka and Tamahome are supposed to be the characters that, like, you're supposed to love, but, like, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like, oh, yeah, Miyaka and Tamahome, that's why I love this show. You know? <laughs> it's like, that's, that's the thing. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's such a good show. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's weird because it's like one of those things where it's like, you can, you can, you can say you know, different American things that are kind of like it, but there's nothing like it, you know? It's never-ending story, and then it turns into Ghostbusters towards the end. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's some crazy stuff going on in this Maybe show. Maybe a little bit of Godzilla. Right, a little bit of Godzilla. I mean, it's, it's you know, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's really nice. I love that show. So, Eric... What would be your pick? Uh, you know, like I was thinking about this for several hours, you know, when I was preparing for the episode, but it ultimately came down to Tenchi. I knew you were going to say that. I know. I told Beth, Eric's going to go with Tenchi for one of the two. So. And it's for this reason why I didn't choose Pretty Sammy as one, because we figured that it was going to fall under this umbrella. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to umbrella the Tenchi franchise all together. So, um, yeah, so Tenchi. As long as we can kick Tenchi and Tokyo out, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So I actually know Tenchi in Tokyo to Beth. I've shown her the OVA and the Tenchi Universe and uh, Tenchi GXP and the uh, Pretty Sammy stuff. The Ryuoki stuff is pretty good, too. Oh, okay. I haven't. Um, Juliet, now, are you familiar with Tenchi at all? Dip toes into it, and then it got a little intimidating just from the massive scope of everything. There's so okay. much of it. That's fair. I mean, the thing with Tenchi that each series is, like, even though it's the same characters, like, the continuity is completely different, so it's not like you need to see all of it to really, like, understand whatever one you're watching. It's all pretty standalone, so, I mean, from that standpoint, it's not really too bad, but, uh, yeah. Right. When you're talking about Tenchi, you really do need to specify which version, because they are vastly different. Uh, I started with the Tenchi OVAs, which uh, we didn't even get all of them right away. Pioneer only put out, uh, what, six of the eight episodes? So, like, the very tail end of it, I didn't even see until a couple years ago. But but uh, that's what I started with. That was, like, the first real, or my first real experience with uh, anime. And, and it, it was, you know, like, like uh like I, I I can't even accurately describe like what it felt like watching it. 
because like you have this character she's one of the most powerful characters in the series but he is completely useless hence the name <laughs> tenshi muyo yeah and, like he like it, it was one of the first four or I don't think it was the first one, but it was one of the first harem anime. And it's probably the one that made the harem genre popular, I would say. In America. But, I mean, yeah. when you say, like, things are, like, one of the first or whatever, you're talking about in America. Because, like, you know, anime goes back to, like, the 60s in Japan. So, yeah. Right. Right. So, so you've got this this kid who, as far as he knows, he's, you know, just an average high school student. And then uh, in the OVAs, you learn that uh, his family has enshrined this demon in their temple. And he messes around and releases her accidentally. And she tries to kill him. And then she falls in love with him. And and then this princess from the other universe, who's heir to this huge kingdom, shows up looking for her brother, who turns out to be Tenshi's grandfather and... It gets, it gets so weird. <laughs> but the weirdness of it is part of what makes it fun. And, and, and so this demon, Ryoko, uh, you know, she can throw laser beams. She has a sword. She can phase through stuff. You know, like, she's super powerful. Well, I love that they give... I love that Japan cares, like, nothing for, like, copyrights or whatever. Because it's, like, the sound effect for the laser sword she creates in her hand is a lightsaber. <laughs> It looks like a lightsaber. I know. (laughs) So then this princess, Ayaka, shows up and she also falls in love with Tenchi. Never mind the fact that he's her nephew. Great nephew. It's his grandfather. Like since his grandfather is her sister, but it's cool on that planet. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's what that planet does. And then she has a little sister, Sasame, who, who Beth will go into later, who's not a, a little seven-year-old. Like, she's over 700 years old, so it's totally cool that she is also in love with Tenshi. <laughs> but she looks she looks like she's 10 or maybe even a little younger, so that's, yeah. Oh, and she has, you know, Tsunami living inside of her, which uh, I, I don't even know what to make of that. But... Uh, it, it it was just a really fun series that I got into, and like I like I wanted more. You know, can't find it in you know like you can't find it in America, but then I find out that Tenshi Universe is a thing, so I start looking into that, and you know, everything I knew about the series got turned on its head, as as like continuity is completely different. You know, like you know, like you still have the 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 Jiraiyans and. Uh, you know, like Aika is still the princess, but now there's a different relationship with the grandfather. Uh, he, he's not her, not her brother. Right. Yeah, he's not her brother. He's like some legendary warrior from the past in Jirai. Right. And then, and, and then you have Washu, who's both like she's the greatest, the greatest scientific genius in the universe, and she has different forms that she changes into whenever she wants to, and like one of them's a little girl, and the other one's really not. And she also, and it's like, everybody loves Tenchi. And Tenchi's super powerful, but so is everybody else. And you don't need Tenchi at all. <laughs> that was a really, that was a really, <laughs> that was a really interesting description of the show. <laughs> I like that. 
basically the end point is you don't need Tenchi. I mean, alright, so, so there's a few things here. One is the trope a lot of animes do where it's like every time they do a new series, it's basically like the characters basically reset. And it's like we're going to take the same sort of character outlines, but completely shake up the relationship and, you know, do like a new version of the series. And so that's one of the things Tenchi does. And it's done it, you know, three times as Tenchi, like it's a Tenchi series. Because we also didn't mention, we, you know, because we're not going to talk about Tenchi in Tokyo. That's the third one. Um but then there's also been sort of spin-offs that take like one or some of the characters and make the whole series about them, which is why we have the Magical Girl Pretty Sammy uh, series, uh, which there are two versions of that even where the continent one's an OVA, one's a TV series. So, I mean, that's that all gets, you know, out there. But the other thing is, you know, like Tenchi, it, it's it's a harem anime like Eric mentioned. And what that is is basically it's a, it's a series where inexplicably all the female characters are in love with the single character and in Tenchi's case he is so average he he it's only in the end of these shows that he ever manifests any kind of power or anything that's at all interesting and even then though his power is so bland that it's like you're just left scratching your head going why in the world do these women love this guy and it's always the comedy and it's always something where the guy is like completely like awkward and has no idea how to handle all the attention being thrown at him and all that kind of stuff so you know it's meant to be for less um it can get a little weird but i, I agree with eric that tenchi is one of the better ones of these just because of the fact that it throws in all this sci-fi stuff on top of it it isn't just a typical harem anime it's like we're gonna give you this weird like crazy sci-fi comedy and then also it's a harem anime. so you know it's it's got a lot going on with it um beth as a woman who's seen the Tenchi stuff, what do you like about Tenchi? <laughs> um, I see that my favorite character is Washu. Oh. Um, you probably didn't see that coming. I did not. <laughs> um, that one's actually on my cosplay list. Washu Sensei. Washu Sensei. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, 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 old Washu or young Washu? Because because there's a difference. Washu Chan. <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah she only goes back and forth between the two forms in the ova she never does it in universe yeah just the conceit of her thing and and only tenchi. yeah and only to tease tenchi yeah yeah <laughs> um but the only series i've i've actually watched multiple times is pretty sammy so that's my my biggest exposure to any of the characters is through pretty all sammy. right explain pretty sammy Beth. okay so the, in one of the Ten it's Tenchi Universe. Tenchi Universe. Okay, there's a moment where Ryoki starts talking and he says to Sasami that, oh, we got to transform into pretty It's Sammy. when reality gets shattered and they're yeah. crossing through lots of different realities of yeah. the Tenchi characters. And and so she becomes a magical girl in, at that moment in, in that particular episode. And so that devolved into, I don't want to say devolved, but that, that changed into, that they, they took that and put it into made it into its own show because apparently that was just like really popular um and rightly so because it's so great um i i saw the the ova of pretty sammy one time so my memory is very hazy um yeah the ova is nowhere near as good as the tv series no, really but the relationships it. are different in that as well like tenchi is her brother like and they're they're all human like and you know they're human you know tenchi is her brother ayaka and ryoko are just like the popular girls at school who still like tenchi oh, 
Um, but it's like, back now. <laughs> right. And now the only thing I think that's the same in Bumhoshi and Kione are teachers. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in uh, in uh, Pretty Sammy Project S is what the the episodic series is called. Um, it's an only child. Um, Tenchi is himself is in one episode, and yeah. then he's just gone. Right. He's just the guy she meets. Yeah. And then she looks back and says, "I think that was my first love." So there is like that moment of yeah. you know falling in love with Tenchi regardless because he's Tenchi apparently. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, in this parallel Earth, I suppose I think it's the moon. Was it the moon? What? Where 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 tsunami lives? No, it's Dry Helm is like a parallel like dimension. It's another dimension where they can see Earth, but they're not on the moon physically. Because remember, the whole idea was to move Dry Helm, you know, like into the physical plane. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's where tsunami lives, and they they're wanting to make her queen, and that's where like they're the the history is that um, there used to be one planet, and they split because Earth became technology-based and Jiraihelm became magic-based. Um, and on Jiraihelm, Tsunami has been as queen, and before she can become fully queen, the scales of, of good and bad have to be balanced. So she has to nominate someone on Earth that's like a kindred spirit person, has to, be, uh, has to become a magical girl and right wrongs and balance the scale of evil. So she chooses... Sasami, and it was it's the the most hilarious scene of saying, "Oh, you can do this for me, bye bye." And she's like, "No, I don't want to do this." <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's another character on Dryhelm who wanted to be queen. She was another candidate. Her name is Ramia, and she was much more ambitious. And she's very upset that she didn't get to be queen. So she made her own magical girl, uh, Pixie Misa, who's actually Sasami's best friend. And so that's more like a split personality thing. So she doesn't realize that she's becoming this this bad magical girl. So she's causing havoc and Sasami's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically the dynamic of the show is Sasami running around with right. magical mishaps. And they do work in Ryoko and Aieka before the end of the show. But they're, yes. they're in like the last six episodes or so. Yes. But like they, they do appear. But for the most part, this show is Sasami-centric other than the fact that the other ten characters are Mahoshi and Kione. Who, who are, are who the are two teachers. teachers. Yes. Right. And and the <laughs> poor Kione. <laughs> She's so high-strung. <laughs> Of all the jobs in the world, you could have chosen Y teacher. (laughs) (laughs) You tell your chance to keep it down, please. One part that we're leaving out, too, is that uh, uh, Mihoshi is like the absolute definition of klutz. Uh, You know, like, like klutz to the 10th degree. Like, she can do accidentally things that aren't even technically possible. (laughs) Right. And it, it causes everybody grief. And in uh, Tenshi Universe Forward, uh, Kione is her partner reluctantly because they're both you know, like they're both cops. Yeah. And and of course the police can't fire Mihoshi because her grandfather is the police. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. So yeah, that's the dynamic in the regular you know Tenchi series is yeah they're the cops and yeah Mahoshi's the ditzy klutz and Kione is the one that's actually serious but somehow Mahoshi always lucks into things. They actually did a special at one point where they explained why Kione isn't in the OVA 
Um, and there was a whole storyline around, or there's a, like a like a 45 minute episode. They basically did that happened in the in the past when they were cops. It was called the Mahoshi Special. But uh, basically, Keone's stranded on an asteroid somewhere, and everyone's forgotten about her. <laughs> So. <laughs> That's kind of fitting, <laughs> right? So anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, Tenchi's a fun show. It's a, it's a cute show. I think all the spinoffs have something to like say for them, except for Tenchi and Tokyo, which was awful. Um, I mean, like, like it was clearly aimed at a younger audience, but the animation also was like super, super bad, and they screwed up all the relationships and added yet another girl character who was not at all interesting, but actually ends up with Tenchi at the end, which is at least, I mean, you know, for all these shows, I'm always like, it'd be nice if like Tenchi ever like, you know, picked one of the girls and they actually like had a relationship, but not when it's some character that is even one of the core main characters. I had a question. <laughs> what does the girl in Tenchi in Tokyo look like? Super pale with dark hair. What is the haircut? I don't know. I, I asked this because there's an episode in, the episode where Tenchi's in Pretty Sammy is that at the end of the episode, he's getting into a moving truck, and there's this other girl with him. And she's got uh, brown hair that's, like, cut off at her, sh- no, at her it shoulders. Wasn't, no, it wasn't, I'm wondering if that's supposed to be the girl. No, it's not. That's not. That's not at all what she looked like. Okay. Uh, like, the haircut, like, it kind of looks sort of like a, like Ayaka's, but shorter. Oh, is it? That's not what I remember, but it's been so long since I've seen Tenchi in Tokyo, and I've tried to purge it from my memory, so... <laughs> As you should. Yeah. <laughs> There's even, like, a spinoff called G- Tenchi GXP, where Tenchi's cousin gets put in the Galaxy Police. So, that's... It's, like, it's so far from the other characters other than they name-check him, and, like, the other characters do appear in, like, one episode. But, you know, so just that's how Tenchi... It's, like, this whole maxi-series now. Um, If I could find someone besides... If I could find someone besides Eric who wanted to talk about it, then I would have done a Tenchi episode, too, but... (laughs) Since... Since Eric's the only person I know who's like, Tenchi, I want to talk about that. It's kind of like, yeah, we kind of need to make it part of the anime, just generic anime episode. There is no need for Tenchi. (laughs) All right, so I'm just really quick aside. I used to go to Otakon, which is an anime con in Baltimore, Maryland. And they used to do a thing called Mystery Anime Theater 3000, you know, an obvious riff on... Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, but they got, they made their own bots, right? They had their own Crow and Tom Servo and Gypsy. And so, you know, during one of the, like, you know, the host segments where, you know, they stop watching the movie and do, like, their own, you know, thing, like, one of the things is, like, Crow and Tom are, like, composing, like, haiku. And Crow's haiku is Ryoko Ayeka, naked together, no need for Tenchi. I thought that was so funny. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Just think about it from a D3K standpoint, okay? I know. It sounds like something that you know, they would do on... Oh, that sounds guy. something like more like Tom would say anyway. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it was Tom. My memory's not that good for something from 20, you know, years ago. Anyway. Um, Alright, so me! I get to pick one! Yay! Alright. Vision of Escaflone. Alright. So since we haven't talked about anything mecha-related yet... Um, 
mecha series, basically. Um, with the, capes. Yeah, with capes. Oh, God, the mechs have capes. <laughs> you don't know how awesome it is until you see it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a fantasy series. It's, again, about a girl that gets transported to another world. Um, but the level of technology that's sort of like a steam-powered, you know, tech kind of thing that they have there. And, you know, the mechs are steam-powered, you know, mech kind of things, and, you know, and, and evil in their design. So they're fighting with, like, swords and stuff rather than with guns. And since swords are infinitely more interesting than guns, you know, that's better. So... <laughs> um, so it's this whole, you know, thing about, you know, this girl, you know, you know she wants to get home, but she's also she's fallen in love with this guy that's there, and there's another guy that likes her, and, you know, there's, so there's all that sort of dynamic in it, but then it starts getting philosophical about, you know, like, the desire to predict future causing the future to happen a certain way, and talking about, like, gravity, but beyond, like, gravity, like, the way that it really works with physics, but also sort of philosophically talking talking about like the gravity between people and so you get this whole sort of philosophical like aspect to the show and you know it's a really cool you know it's got the really cool action scenes and all that it's got a really cool design aesthetic and you know i kind of like the relationships and the way that they develop in the show so and there's cat girls those who are into that kind of thing so you know <laughs> which is another anime trope um but, uh, yeah, so, um, Beth, obviously, you're, you know, Escaflone. Eric, I th you mentioned it before, so you know Escaflone, right? Yeah. And, Juliet, have you seen Escaflone? Yes, yes, I have. Oh, okay, all right. So, Escaflone, what, what do you think of Escaflone? Um, it's been a long time since I watched it, but it, it, it does actually place on my favorite anime shelf. Um, the music is probably what I remember the most. That and the fact that it is... Oh, the music is yes. gorgeous. But it's also probably the only mecha anime that I actually like. <laughs> well, because it's very different. It's not like your typical mecha anime. So, yeah, I, know, I totally get that. No, I meant to mention the music, and I totally forgot. Yes, the soundtrack is amazing. Um, we actually had parts of it at our wedding. There's a track oh, wow. of... Yeah, there's a track called Dance of Curse, like almost like the main like theme of the show where it's like Yeah, anyway, it's really good. It's so good. That part wasn't in our wedding, though. Yeah, that part wasn't right. Sort of the background party music from one of the tracks was at our wedding. But, um, yeah, no, yes, the music is really good on that. Yeah, I was just kind of curious, because I always link Escaflone and Fushigi Yugi in my mind, whether or not, like, that, like, has any sense to anyone else or not. That's why I was kind of curious about your thoughts on it. Um, I can I can see that, and that's probably why, for the for me, the, the music from Escaflone just really mm, stands out. Both of them, I mean, um, so, like, to me, Escaflone has better background music, but Fushigi Yugi has, like, the best opening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That opening is so good, um, both visually and musically. Um, Eric, um, Escaflone, thoughts? Uh, the first half of it was excellent. I love it. As soon mm. as they brought in the aliens, though, I'm done. Aliens? You know, when Escaflone gets damaged and they bring in the other people to fix it. Oh, okay. All right, I get your take. I mean, it's a fantasy world, so, I mean, they're not aliens. They're just, like, other creatures from... You know that exist in this world, but all right, I got I got what you're saying now. And like I have a little bit of a disconnect with uh, Escaflone as well because the 
the OVA movie that was made by manga. Yeah. Really, like, it, it really soured me on Escaflone, too. Well, but again, it's a separate, like, version. Like, it's not connected with the show in any way. Because I agree, the movie has great music. You know, just like the series does, but yeah, the 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 plot of the movie is junk. I do not like the movie at all. Uh. Both Escaflone and X, their movie a- a- adaptation, like it it ruined the series for me. Well, so you see, to me, because they're not connected, it doesn't ruin the series for me. It's just I don't really care for the movie that much. Um, although, although speaking about music again, there is a character in Escaflone. Mm-hmm. And he has this cello soundtrack that follows him around everywhere that he goes. It is so good. <laughs> Just gonna say, that track is another great track. If a character can be represented by a cello, that's a good character. Right, that's right. <laughs> um, Escaflone. Yeah, going back to the music, I mean, it's the whole soundtrack, I believe, is orchestral. Yeah. Except for, like, the opening and, and ending themes. Oh, that ending theme is sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can't have them all. Uh, You know, the rest of it's good. I mean, um, what's her name? Um, Hitomi. Hitomi. What's the name of the musician? Is it Hitomi? Or is it the name of the character? Makamoto. Yeah. 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 We have her, we have like her regular CD, which actually has the Escaflone opening on the CD of her, of her music. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the disc is called Hotchpotch, I believe. So, yeah. if you want to have it, go. That's the name of it. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else you want to say about Escaflone? Uh, I think it's pretty much been covered. Although, from a seamstress standpoint, I want to know how they wove those capes to be that big with no seams. <laughs> All right. That magic right there. Oh, also, I mean, I, I think around this time when you were showing me Escaflone, this is when you introduced me to the trope of. Every anime has to have wings. <laughs> yes, a character has to grow wings in every anime. Yes, this is a thing. And ever since then, <laughs> I've seen it. I see it everywhere. Even a pretty Sammy, she may herself may not have grown the wings, but her her staff did, and right. that's close enough. Right. And um... there are wings in every single anime somewhere. And I don't. I'm not referring to birds. Even Gundam Wing, which is a heavy technological sci-fi anime, the Gundam in the OVA and the Swaltz actually grows. Angel wings with little feathers that fly. Oh, good lord. <laughs> in Tenchi, not, the, and because that, that therefore encompasses all the Gundam and checks it off he, the list. In yeah. Tenchi, the wings that he grows <laughs> yeah. are a major plot point. Yes, yeah. the Lighthawk wings, yes. Um, well, okay, I knew I, 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 John from Tenchi, but I'm just going to really quickly point out the fact that a lot of other series that are done by the same uh, manga company uh, that, that Genion slash Pioneer also did, as far as animated versions, are all linked into, like, one maxi series. So not only is Tenchi, you know, this thing... El Hazard is linked to Tenchi and Duel is linked to Tenchi. So like a lot of the other anim- they, a lot of the other animes made by the same company are all part of the same continuity, but it's all very nice. You don't need to watch Tenchi to understand El Hazard, but there's one scene where one of the uh, uh, in uh, Pretty Sammy, where the girl talks about her co- how she and her cousin are going to rule the world, and it shows the character from El Hazard laughing in the background. So, <laughs> you know, it's, huh. there are these nice little Easter eggs between them. And in Duel, they have Lighthawk wings, you know, which which connects it with Tenchi. 
So yeah, we're back to um, who started it off. We're back to you. So what was your number two, Beth? Uh, Saber Baronette J. Because I was trying, I was trying to be like is like diverse. Diverse, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of different genres. So I picked Saber Marionette J as my second one to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is based on a planet very Earth, where there was an expedition um, from Earth to a different planet, obviously, and they crashed. Um, all the women are gone. There are only three guys survived. Six. And six. There are six men. Shoot, six. That's why there are six communities on the planet. Why did I only remember three? What is wrong with my brain? Well, yeah, because the other characters are less, like... Because there's only three main characters, right? And, like, the other ones are just kind of, like... Whatever. But it was okay. six, so six guys survived. Yeah, so they they progress by... Um, cloning. Cloning. And they splice their genes together to have some diversity, of course. So the, the only way that they can have women is through robots. Right. And that's the basic premise of the setting so this one character his name is completely lost to me at the moment because it's a name yeah um what's his name otaru otaru um he gets three robots given to him that are unlike any other robots on the planet because they have feelings their names are lime cherry and bloodberry and they go on to play a very important part in the progression of the planet but that goes into spoiler territory if i say any more about that right yeah, so... Because um, if you haven't seen it, I spoil it, you're going to find me, and you're going to kill me. <laughs> so so it's it's basically a harem anime. I mean, it's the thing, because all three of these robots love Otaru. And, of course, other men are kind of jealous of, you know, robots that, you know, have feelings and stuff. Um, because most of them are just there to be servants, and, you know, they don't... You know, they're just there, sort of in the background. Um but yeah, so uh, Eric, uh, have you watched Saint Marionette J? No, I haven't. Okay, Juliet. No, I've heard of it, but now I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Like the vibe I get from, and I hate to say this in case it gives you the wrong idea. I get Trigun vibes from it in some places, just because of the whole col- failed colony aspect. Um, I kind of get some Trigun vibes from it. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's hard to pin it down to anything that else, but it's, yeah. And yeah, you're right. You say too much about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, really, it, yeah. you're giving away the whole like yeah. thing of And the voice what actress the sig- for Ryoko is also in this show as well. Yes. As one of the robots that serves, um, the- Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say about She's Tenchi. She's a Naganata. I forgot to say, Ryoko is the best character in Tenchi before, but... <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, so maybe to like sort of clarify a little bit, it's not that the robots are given to him, he finds these three robots. They're all like in different... They had already existed, and he didn't know what like why they are where they are and what their deal is so basically part of the mystery of the series is just figuring out what the significance of these robots is and why they exist in the first place and why their personality they all three have personalities but they're very diverse Mm -hmm. in their personality yeah so lime is very childlike cherry is uh, maternal Bloodberry is is very seductive. So those are like their three dominant traits. Mm. So yeah, it's um, yeah, and that's significant in of itself. So that's all I can really say since nobody else is it. All right. <laughs> 
Um, there's also a bad guy who um, is has his own three androids who have feelings. Um, he's Faust. He's um, from um, Gartland, which is their version of Germany. <laughs> It's like community that this is set in, like the the guy who one of the six survivors was Japanese, so um, they live in sort of like a Japanese town uh, where it's very Japanese and it's set in you know culture and everything. And then there's Gartland, is the German, and those are the two. These are the two cities you hear about mostly in the series. And then there are four other ones which I can't remember because they never really like are that significant. But yeah, Super Mario J has um, there's the OVA. Uh, so there's the first, there's the TV series of just Saber Marionette J. Then there's Saber Marionette J again, I think is what the OVA is called. Uh, right, and then there's Saber Marionette J2X, which is the the second series. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of them are very good. They're worth watching. Yeah, although I think. It's one of those ones like Fushigi Yugi that is satisfying at the end that when you say, like, oh, but wait, there's more and here's an OVA, it feels kind of like. <gasps> Okay, <laughs> I thought we resolved everything, you know, and it just kind of like it feels kind of. But yeah, I mean, it's still it's still good, and the characters are fun, which is the main thing. But um, but yeah, what's her name? Luke's, the blue-haired one of Faust's. I honestly don't because remember. Panther is the blonde. I think Luke's is the blue-haired one, and I can't remember what the third one's name is. The redhead. Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. Those are all cat names. Yeah, Luke's. Anyway, Luke's is awesome. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, Juliet, what's your second pick? Well, I had considered going with uh, another Uatase show, but I'm going to go with one that you have just mentioned because it was probably third in my list. Okay. And that would be Trigun. All right. Beth has not seen Trigun, yo. I... <laughs> okay. Um, it's a fantastic space western. That's the best part about it. I love westerns. I love space, and you've just combined both of them into this amazing line that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense in the first four episodes. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can't remember when, like, they get to, like, the flashbacks. But, yeah, once you get to the flashbacks, that's when it all starts making sense. Yeah, yeah the, the, you have characters that stick, that, that are in all four of the first episodes. Uh, the story follows Vash the Stampede, who is uh, wanted for $60 billion double dollars. That's his bounty. And um, it's very similar. I mean, when you were talking about Saber Man, I was like, yeah, this feels like Trigun. And then you said it had a Trigun vibe. I was like, oh, no, that one wasn't just me. Um, But, you know, humans have screwed up Earth so much that we had to leave and we end up uh, on a planet, crashing kind of on a planet, actually. And we have to make do as much as we can. We we do. That's not a spoiler at all. But uh, that's where we come from. And there's a bunch of technology on this planet that has crashed with us. We don't really understand it, but it's what powers our cities. And it's very smoky Western feel to it. And Vash the Stampede is a very, very unlikely hero. In fact, he doesn't want to be a hero. He just wants to eat donuts. That's all he really wants to do. Are they jelly-filled donuts? (laughs) He does not care what kind of donuts they are. He will accept all of them. And... By the end of the fourth episode is when we start getting into the. That's when we pick up the plot line that's gonna we're gonna start following through for the rest of the series. And it's not a long series. I want to say it's what twenty four episodes, and that's it because the anime. I think it's twenty six, but maybe four. Yeah. It's short, and it. The problem is, it finished before the manga did, so the ending of the anime is different from the manga. I did not know Just that. Throwing that out there. Yeah. Um... Yes. So basically, my my hot take, Beth, for you, Trigun is Kenshin with guns instead of swords. 
Yeah, you've said that before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is like, like, Vash is very much like Kenshin, but except his thing is guns. But it's the same idea. He's, he's awesome with a gun, but he's non-lethal with it. You know, he won't kill anyone with it. So, you know, it's very much that sort of mentality. Yeah. Um, Meryl Strife is the best character in Trigun. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a kind of also a fan of Wolfwood, but that's well, yeah. Me. Every every woman who's Trigun is a fan of Wolfwood. I know that's like the the number one. <laughs> but I mean, before I get into a lot of it, has Eric? Have you seen it? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, that was actually my third. Uh, it was going to be my third. Just in case somebody else mentioned Kenshin, which was my second. Pick. <laughs> Whoops. Better think fast. Sorry. I have, I have backups within backups. Okay, within good, backups, good. Yeah. So I had multiple wheels. backups as well for that same reason, just in case. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Well, good. So, so the only one who hasn't seen it is Beth. So I'm not going to throw out any spoilers, but I, I will say that one of the reasons it resonates with me is that. It's a lot like Fushigi Yugi in that it starts off really lighthearted and then gets deep and again will rip your heart out. And I have sobbed during this anime like I have sobbed at no other time um, during certain points. And it's, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna rewatch it and cry again because it's just that good. But it deals with a lot of stuff again and the, you know, recurring themes of uh, suicide and so on like that are very, very prominent. Family and just, honor but not really i don't know if i want to honor um but you mentioned vash being non-lethal he doesn't kill he, he's like superman he's not gonna kill if if the, if he can help it wait wait that's not superman anymore well okay it used to be <laughs> superman <laughs> after Zack snyder had his way with <laughs> but yeah i mean trigon deals with a lot of stuff in in a very in one season basically just that's it mm. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a nice one and done show with twenty six episodes or twenty four. I have miscounted, uh, but twenty six is just a number that they use so often in anime that I was pretty sure that's what it was. It's another one of those that has a fantastic supporting cast that they are very fleshed out. So I understand that a movie came out not too long ago, or at least after I watched it. Is that are you aware of this? Is this right? Deadlands Rumble. Okay, yeah. So so what do you think about them? Because I haven't seen the movie. Um, what do you think about the movie? I enjoyed it. It filled in a little bit. It gave me a little bit more. It's not set after the show, and so it, it, I'm I get characters in there that I'm I'm happy to see, and it's very very exciting to to watch. To watch a portion of the of this show's timeline that I that they just skipped over, I thought it well done. It was a nice little insert bit. It's it's not part of the series, but it's like you know double length episode. I'm okay with that. Okay, yeah, no, it was just one of those things because it's always been part of you know like it's like Beth and I Lee but surely work our way through my anime collection. <laughs> <laughs> And eventually we'll get to Trigon. Gradually dusting <laughs> off the tops as we go. Right. <laughs> um, there's just so much stuff to watch. Um, it's I like I have a there. whole wall of my basement that's just nothing but anime. So I built a Michelle. Oh, wow. Yeah, she built me a shelf. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, from Lowe's, etc. <laughs> that kind of shelf. Yeah, it's from complete from top to bottom on that wall, just shelves. So... Yep, 
Anyway, uh, so it's a lot of anime. Let's put it that way. Um, so, Eric, yeah, um, thoughts on Trigon? I enjoyed it. Uh, like it's been mentioned, it, it reminded me a lot. I did see it after Kenshin. I don't remember which one came out first. I'm pretty sure Kenshin came out before Trigon, but I watched them in the opposite order. I saw Trigon first. It's just I think swords are infinitely cooler than guns, so I always gravitated more to Kenshin. It, and it was just a nice, lighthearted, but still had its deep moments. Uh, and you know, mm. and yeah, your your analysis of Kenshin but guns, he's, he's a goofball until he needs to not be. Mm. Yeah, and then there are all the crazy guns, just like there are all the crazy yeah. swords in Kenshin. So you know, it's the same kind of. I feel know, like aesthetic. I should take off the headphones so you guys can. Watch <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen it. Twenty years since I've seen it, so you know it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm I'm stretching to try to remember the details of everything. I just remember really loving Meryl. You know, she was really cool, and she had like five million guns in her cape, which was amazing. <laughs> They were derringers. They were single shot derringers. Oh, okay. I've got to also throw this. And she's just pulling guns out and shooting them and throwing them away and grabbing a new gun. It was just great. There is a serious trend in my favorite anime. Trigun also has amazing music. Cool. The soundtrack for that one. Suneo Imahoya, composer. It feels he knows how to like compose with a guitar for that whole Western feel and still be. I don't know, unique. We gotta watch that one again soon, Beth, because I don't remember the soundtrack really grabbing me on that one, but it has been quite a while, so I should give that a watch again. I'll grab the Swiffer. <laughs> well, we have to finish Nadesco first. But anyway, all right. Um, all right. All right, um, Eric, number two choice. Or number four, since we took your two and three choice. I'm sorry! <laughs> well, this next one... Um, it's a short one, but it does mean a lot to me, uh, and that is Bubblegum Crisis. Huh. Uh, oh, okay. I, I would not be uh, offended or surprised if nobody's seen it. I've seen it, but that's an 80s that's an 80s anime, so yeah, that's, that's old school. It's made by the same people that did Kenshi, or not Kenshi, Tenshi, and uh, actually this series directly led to Tenshi being created. Wow, that's weird because I don't see anything in either the visuals or plot that in any way like seems Tenchi like. Uh, like, well, in Bubblegum Crisis, all of the main characters are 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 females. Like the like the important ones are are females, and there's mm-hmm. there's one male character, but he's not important at all, and that's where it kind of leads into Tenchi. But uh, the thing that I liked about it, though, like despite only being eight episodes long. Mm-hmm. And, and like, and you know, men in power armor, yay! Mm. But, but uh, it dealt with a lot of things that you wouldn't expect this type of anime to deal with. You know, like uh, a bunch of the episodes where, hey, we don't have the budget to do this, so right. don't. Or, hey, that's not legal, so we can't do that. And you know, like that was always just interesting to me. Yeah. So, have you seen Bubblegum Crisis, Juliet? No, I haven't. I think I actually have a DVD of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, so there's two... So, like, there's Bubblegum Crisis, which was actually put over here by Anime Ego, 
Um, and then, well, and then there was Bubblegum Crash, which is the direct sequel to that. But there's um, Bubblegum Crisis 2040, which is like a series that was made in the 90s, which is one of those ones where it takes the idea of Bubblegum Crisis, but like completely redoes it. And that was that was brought over by ADV. Um, I've never seen Bubblegum Crisis 2040. Um, I've only seen the original Bubblegum Crisis and Bubblegum Crash. Have you seen Bubblegum Crash, Eric? No, I haven't. I, I actually didn't even know it existed. Yeah, it's a three-episode OVA. The only reason I know is because I went to the Anime Ego website, and you listed Bubblegum Crisis and then Bubblegum Crash, and I was like, oh, what's this? And I looked at that, and I was like, oh, I'll get that DVD, too. So it's only a three-episode OVA, so it fits on one disc. Um, but yeah, the, those were um, those actually made you know, by the same production company and everything around the same time. It's not like Bubblegum Crisis 2040 where it was made in, like, the mid-90s. Like, if you want just the the briefest uh, skimming of it, Power Rangers and post-apocalyptic destroyed Tokyo uh, run by the police. Well, yeah, it's not like Power Rangers, though, because they don't, like, have, like, a henshin sequence where they, like, transform. They actually have armor that they go and actually put on. But, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like them versus, like, cyber, it's, it's a, it's a cyberpunk series that's, like, set in, like, yeah, future Tokyo where there's, like, robots and cyborgs running amok. And these women have these, this armor that they put on that, so that puts them on an equal footing with the, Boomers. you know, technological, yeah, um, things that they fight it's been a long time for me since i've seen bubblegum crisis that's like 20 plus years so even though i own it i haven't seen it in a long long time so i'm trying to like really struggle to remember um you know the details myself um but yeah no that's a that's a classic though that's um that's one of those like early ones when anime wasn't well known here that was brought over so it's on me okay I guess I will talk about Revolutionary Girl Utena, which is, um, it's a hard because it is a magical girl series, but not. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a life in high school series, but not. Um, basically the idea is this girl, she's going to the school, she remembers this thing from when she was a kid, where this prince came to her and, you know, helped her out, and instead of deciding that she's in love with this prince and wants to marry him, she decides she wants to be a prince one day. <laughs> and this is sort of, like, her motivation. So she's very tomboyish, she wears pants, even though the school uniform for girls is that she should be wearing a skirt. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely the feminist aspect to it and that. But she gets caught up in these duels that the kids at school have. And this one girl gets passed around to whoever the winner of the... They call her the Rose Bride. And Utna wins her duel. And then this girl is basically given to her. And so she's like... You know, this is, you know... <laughs> weird. 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 Yeah, this is, yeah, this is weird. Um, and... It's a show that's very symbolic. There's a lot of stuff going on, and there's a lot done with the visuals to sort of, you know, uh, convey meaning that isn't overtly or directly said. There's a lot done with the direction and with the dialogue that does that, too. Um, sort of the mystery of what's going on in the school and what it really means. I've had long philosophical debates about one, what the ending of the show means. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those shows where, like, there's... There's what and what you see, and then there's what does it really mean. So there's like a plot, and then there's subtext. And I really like it for that level of depth. 
that the show has to it. I like a lot of the characters. You know, I like Utna a lot. I mean, she's she is a really cool, strong, you know, character. And it's kind of nice that you're seeing everything from her point of view just because you're confused in the same way that she's confused because she reacts like a lot of people would, you know, to this. Like, this is really weird when taking it like this is normal. Um, so, you know, um, that's, you know, uh, it, it makes that, you know, for you as the viewer, you know, really good. And, um, you know, swords again. <laughs> Which is a running theme for me. I like anything with swords. You do have a thing for swords. I do have a thing for swords. Uh, fencing, any kind of sword play, it's always good. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I like that aspect of it, the dueling aspect of it. Um, now, Eric, are you familiar with Utena at all? I was not until a couple years ago when Jenny sat me down and we watched it. Okay. You know, like we were... Yeah, you know, like we decided that we were going to trade off watching the animes that we had grown up with, and uh, we've watched all of hers and none of mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did do Utna, and I like I, I remember watching it, just confused out of my mind. What is going on? <laughs> that like that there was a lot of what you were talking about, like the subtext. And if you didn't think about it deeper, it just didn't make any sense. I still do not understand the cars. Okay, <laughs> okay, the movie is different. All right, so there's also a movie for it. And again, it is a... It's one of those things where the movie has nothing to do with the show other than it has the same characters. And yeah, I agree. The movie, to me, is like pretending to have subtext, but is actually really meaningless. <laughs> So, yeah, I do not like the V for Una. This is a reoccurring theme for me. Time an anime series has a movie, <laughs> I'm usually like, oh, I do not like the movie. If it's not part of the series, like, if the movie is, like, a sequel to the series or part of the series, I'll probably like it. But when it's like, a, oh, let's just take the characters completely different with them for the movie, I usually don't like the movie. And, yeah, it's that way for me with Utna. I still have the music. Utna has really good music. Um, and the m music in the movie is really good. Um, but yeah, I do not like, uh, the movie itself. Um, Beth, thoughts on Utna? Uh... <laughs> Wait, are you, that sounded like a, I don't like this. I struggle with it. Okay. I, I really, because I, I, I have a hard time following it. It's just too deep for me, okay? Okay. <laughs> Wow, I thought you liked it a lot more than that. I, I do, but I'm easily confused, as you well know. Yeah, easily confused and easily amused. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm even struggling to think of my favorite character at this point in time, which is crazy and dumb. I, I feel like I'm only I can just fall back on Choo Choo. <laughs> Choo Choo's the annoyingly cute anime. Oh, that's another trope for people who are listening to this and aren't familiar with anime. Every anime almost has an annoyingly cute animal. And Choo Choo is the annoyingly cute animal for... He's a mouse. Uh, he, well, well... Ish. Ish. <laughs> right, yeah. He's got a tie. <laughs> right. And an earring. <laughs> right. It looks vaguely mouse-like, but does not look like a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some weird things, like Nanami, who is, like, spoiled brat, like, you know, super popular person at the school, but, like, all animals hate her yeah, and try to murder her. Anatomy. Right, yeah, all life hates Nanami, so, like, anytime she's out anywhere, if there's, like, an animal nearby, we'll try to kill her. Like, somehow since elephants, and we don't know why. <laughs> yeah, like, elephants will try to kill her. <laughs> Where is this school? Right. There's elephants anywhere nearby, yeah. and yet here they are. But, um, yeah, okay. It's a hard one for me. It, it really is. Mm. 
pushes all my buttons. I love it. <laughs> it's it's the only when I did my anime list where I actually wrote every anime that I have and wrote like a little description and gave them all a rating. It was my only ten out of ten. Huh. I had a lot of nine out of tens, but Utna was my only ten out of ten. High praise. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to get a ten. Like, out of 10 like Yugi, nine out of ten. Escaflone, nine out of ten. You know, those were nine out of ten. Killishless out of ten. You know, but. Uh... <laughs> I'd have to look. I gave each one a different rating. So, like, Tenchi in Tokyo is probably, like, 2 out of 10. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember, but, yeah. Um, OVA. The OVA is my favorite of the ten, more than Tenchi Universe. So, I probably gave that one a high score. But, uh, oh, man. I'm, I was hoping more people had seen Utena. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess, like, the arc that I liked the best was the Black Rose saga. Yeah. Well, like, I've seen it, but I didn't understand it. <laughs> it was creepy. Because it, the whole idea was you're wearing the ring of a dead duelist, yeah. and then you're like chilling the like personality mm-hmm. of somebody else, and that was really disturbing. That was really creepy. And you get your own personal rose bride. <laughs> no, that was the third one. Was it? That was the third arc. Well, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to beat this dead horse. So there's still, I, I could go on talking because there are so many like shows that I absolutely love. This man has a duelist ring on his shelf. Does it fit him? Of course not, but he has it. (laughs) Yeah, I saw it at an anime con and I just wanted to have a duelist ring. So I have it. Turns out it's a black one. Yeah, I got the black one. (laughs) It might fit me. It looks better than the, than the regular one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll use it in a cosplay one day. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Because it's there. Yeah, I mean, I think all of the shows we've discussed are good shows that are well worth anyone watching. Same. And so, yeah, I mean, we can easily do another one of these or two more of these or three. And I would still have more stuff to talk about. So, you know, there, there, there are a lot of shows out there. And like I said, we will eventually tackle... Sailor Moon and don't even talk about the Sailor Moon musicals. Yep. <laughs> we can talk about the live action Sailor Moon. <laughs> all, all the different, you and know. Now the, there's Crystal for me to talk about. Right, so, Sailor Moon Crystal. I mean, we can make a, f- a four app arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my, my real problem there is like eight different women were like you need to have me on this podcast or we're like not friends anymore. And so it's like, you're obviously going to be on, but I'm like, how am I going to have eight different people on that episode? So I'm going to do so. Get us all on there and make it a six-parter. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. But, uh, and yeah, Dragon Ball, um, of course. But we have to finish Dragon Ball um, Super before we do the Dragon Ball episode. So that... Okay. Uh... <laughs> So the that we've sat, so we've seen all of it. The new stuff has not been. Oh come on, come on! Piccolo like somebody his hat and they fell to the ground. That was great <laughs> because it's Piccolo, but like overall, this, right. a golden Frieza. Really? Yeah, well, come yeah, on. that was all very dumb, but yeah. And then we'll do a Gundam one. Gold is soft. Because there are so many Gundams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I'll be there talking about G. How about that? All right, so um, before we go, <laughs> everybody just give... Without, no descriptions or anything, because we don't have for it, but just maybe give a hint of other shows you would recommend. Um, 
you know, uh, two or three other shows you would recommend people check out. Um, so, um, let's start with you this time, Eric. Oh, okay. um, three off the top of my head, uh, Battle, Battle Angel Alita. Okay. Oh My Goddess. Uh-huh. And Sakura Wars. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took That's a good one. one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Beth? Um, Slayers. Oh, I said Sawyers. Ah, oh, shoot. Um, what was the other one I was going to say? Steel Angel Kurumi. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, just don't have your kids in Yamato. Space, Space Battleship, Battleship Yamato. Yamato. Yes. Not um, Star Blazers. No. <laughs> Space Battleship Yamato. Yeah, with the shark mouth ship. Absolutely. <laughs> For those who don't know, it was dubbed and brought over here as Star Blazers back in the late 70s, but uh, it's a really good show. And watch it with a fan sub, kids, because it's never been brought over legitimately subbed. Um, and uh, Juliet, um, three uh, three animes you'd recommend. Oh, gosh. Um, Jubei-chan? Yeah. Oh. Um, oh gosh, uh, I don't, I'm like trying, do I want to go like really popular or not? Helsing, let's go with Helsing. <laughs> I love Helsing. Okay. And mm. Samurai Deeper Kyo. I do not know that one. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun Samurai one that, that I, I can't, no wait, no descriptions. What can I say? Okay. Just go look it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, no. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. And to elaborate more, it's Jutan and the lovely, I, and the lovely, I, if, if someone out there wants to actually look it up. So right. Yes. Name. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're big, so we're big Jubei Chan fans. I have, I have a dream of doing a dual cosplay with one of the girls. Yeah. It needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with one of my daughters doing Jupiter. No, I will be. No, I, no, 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 no. But what you mean for the big yes, bonbons? Yes, that is what I have a problem with. Yes, the schoolgirl form is the form that's objectified. I can't get around that. Uh, all right. Um, all right. Three. Um, Record of Lotus War. It was mentioned in Yuyasha. Um, which is a long one, but it's also really good. And, ooh, I'll go with an old school one. Kimigure Orange Road. Woo! <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't say Oh, God, well. It's a slog. I can only do three. It's not a slog. It's great. You I, haven't watched it. I remember it. <laughs> visiting your, your house for the first time and seeing just box, 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 box. There's like 10 boxes. Yeah, there's 200 episodes. That's Sailor Moon long. Yeah, it's Sailor Moon long. Wow. And six movies. And it's longer than Sailor Moon. <laughs> she only got three movies. Yeah. Hey. I, um... Yeah, I, uh, so Anime Ego, like, uh, just really quick as an aside, Anime Ego was a company that specifically tried to bring over, like, older anime, and so, like, I just kind of fell in love with Anime Ego and tried to get, like, all the things, and so, like, I have a lot of 80s anime that I liked, and that's where I got Kamigura Orange Road and Ursa Yatsura and some of, like, Bubblegum Crisis and some of that kind of, uh, the original, oh my gosh, because um, the OVA was Anime Ego, so, anyway. I really love their mascot, though, the snail. Yeah, yeah, Speedy the Snail, bringing anime to America really slow. <laughs> they weren't a big company, so it took them a long time to, like, once they got a license to, like, get a DVD set out, but, yeah. But it was good quality, because they took their time. <laughs> right. And they, oh, their liner notes were the best of any company, where they would explain, like, why they translated things the way they did, and what it meant, all that stuff. Uh, they also did the uh, Vampire Preview OVA. Ooh. 
That's another good one. Yeah, but anyway. All right. <laughs> and the series. Can I just say how glad I am that not one person mentioned Evangelion? Yeah. Get out. <laughs> well, no, no, because no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I want to say this before we go, because, you know, here's the thing. So the box for Evangelion said the greatest anime of all time. And that's what a lot of people I know are like, oh my god, have you seen Evangelion? It's the best anime of all time. And when you ask these people, they've probably only seen like two or three anime when they say that. Now, that's the thing. I like Ava. I think Ava is a decent show. It is by no means the best anime of life. That's my problem with it. It isn't with the show itself. It is with the fandom that like is like, it's the greatest anime series of all time, because it's not. It almost seems like they were fed that line, and it has become their dogma. <laughs> right, yeah. You see, what it is, is some, at, at one point, thousands of years ago, asked, <laughs> why is Ava good? And nobody could answer it. And like they just sat blank expression on their face and said, it's too deep for you to understand. Well, yeah, that's my problem. When the director, when people like had issues with the ending of the series and how it made no sense, the director basically was like, it's too deep for you to understand. And I have problems with that. <laughs> you know? And he has just been recycling that, like, oh, this is the greatest because it's deep. It's the Emperor's you know, New like Clothes. That. If you don't like it, that must mean you're not smart enough to get it. <laughs> If you so, want something deep, you watch Utna. Okay? You were just saying it's too deep for you. Yeah, but it's quality. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I was watching Ava and just groaning the whole time. <laughs> oh, man. So, Juliet, where do you fall on the Ava question? Yeah, no. Def we're going to go with no. Just. Mm -mm. Okay. All right. I think I heard an animal in the background agree with you. Was yeah. that a cat? Yes, that would be, that would be Ash. She just went, no! <laughs> oh, man. All right, all right. So, yeah, like, we'll definitely have to do another anime episode at some point. Um, but, yeah, for now, let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find us online. So, uh, Beth, let's start with you. Why don't you say goodbye and let people know if they can find you online? Uh, if you can find me, that's an amazing thing. Um, I'm on Facebook. My page is called Mrs. Whiskers Studios. It's where I do sewing stuff. I also play a lot of Minecraft. Uh, my screen name is Talon underscore 26. Uh, my main server is Vox Populi Demi. So if you want to stalk me, that's the way to do it, I guess. You're inviting people to stalk you? I've got good armor. <laughs> and I'm good at PvP, so they can bring it. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Say goodbye. An army of dogs. Why don't you say goodbye and let people know if they can find you? Uh, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I have my gaming blog at... Uh, clanmccrackengaming.wordpress.com and I'm on Facebook as well, Clan McCracken Gaming. Alright, and Juliet, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you. Oyasumi nasai! <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not the only one. Um, hey, I gotta practice, right? <laughs> right. True. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram as RumiElf, R-U-M-I-E-L-F, or on Twitter as the underscore visible underscore elf, E-L-F. All right, thank you. And yeah, Eric and Julia and Beth, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having Anytime. us. And that's a wrap for our anime episode. 
We hope that you enjoyed it, and there's a variety of ways that you can let us know. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to tweet to us at at 42cast. Another way is to go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can go to our website at 42cast.com and leave a message on any of the episodes, including this one. Or you can leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. I also want to make sure that everybody knows about the ESO Patreon. It's a way to support the network and all the shows that are on the ESO network. You can uh, go to patreon.com slash ESO network to check it out. There are exclusive episodes of the various podcasts up there as well as other perks. So check that out. And if you've got a few extra funds lying around, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could contribute. So there's definitely a lot that we could say about anime that we didn't get a chance to do so here. There may certainly be another anime episode coming, so continue to check this space. But obviously you can use any of the methods that we just told you about to message us, to let us know what you thought about this, what kind of topics that you'd like us to talk about. And if that includes other anime topics, let us know what topics you would like us to talk about. I also want to give another shout out to Ben. As most of you know who have been following the show for a while, Ben has been the reason why the show has been getting back on track. He's been helping to edit the episode so that I can get them out in a more timely manner. The other thing, though, is that you might have noticed that we have a new five-minute controversy theme. There was sort of a prototype theme that debuted during our Luke Cage episode, and then with the Captain Marvel episode, we have the finalized version. So uh, I'd like to thank Ben for that. Uh, I appreciate having an original piece of music that I can play for that, um, and I really like it. So uh, hopefully that you like it as well, um, but but, uh, but yeah, it is something I did want to change things up a little bit, so I definitely appreciate that. So thank you, Ben. Now we come to the end of the podcast. Join us back next week when Tim Trelore will be joining us. Yes, it is another of my Doctor Who interviews. This time we're talking with Tim Trelore, who plays the third Doctor in Big Finish's Third Doctor Adventure audios. I talked to him about you know, acting in general, about playing the third Doctor, and uh, it was a whole lot of fun. So definitely check that out, especially if you're a Who fan. And if you're a Who fan that hasn't checked out the third Doctor Adventures and Big Finish, Listen to the interview, and hopefully this that will convince you to do it. So, anyway, uh, this is Nathan saying, Oyasumi Nasai. You have been listening to The 42 Cast, copyright 2020. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.